Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, I just want to thank you tonight because I'm anointed to teach your word and your people are anointed to receive. I pray, Father God, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a free flow of the spirit of grace and understanding and that your word is changing our lives and conforming us to the image of the Son. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'd like us to pay very close attention. Uh, because I want to start a series that is foundational to our Christian development as children of God. It's good to see you. Welcome. Alright. So, we're looking at basic foundation for spiritual growth. Basic foundation for spiritual growth. And I'd like to start from understanding the component of a man who is a man right when i mean man now i'm not just referring to the gender i'm talking about both male and female you know most times um we always look at ourselves from the physical realm but as believers we must learn to relate to who we truly are from the spiritual man now, man is made up of spirit, or man is a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Man is a spirit. Man has a soul and lives in a body. And this is foundational to our walk with God and in God. So, this body of flesh is not me. This is not me. Because, you remember what we were talking about? Basic foundation for spiritual growth. So, we have a lot of believers who pay a lot of attention to their bodies. They spend so much money to take care of their bodies. You know, uh, they have a specific cream, they have a way they cut their hair, they have a, a specific kind of clothes they must wear. A lot of believers also pay attention to their soul, which is made up of their will, their intellect, their mind, their understanding. So they read a lot of books. But sometimes it's amazing that um, few believers pay attention to the spirit man, to their spiritual growth, which is the real man. So, to the child of God, your spirit is the real you. That's who you are. That's who God relates with. That's who God interfaces with. That's who God deals with. That's who God speaks to. And if your spirit is not um, in line or in tune or enlightened to the things of God, you would find the Christian life a struggle. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. I said, are you following what I'm saying? Right. We're going to go through scriptures. Now, we're going to go through scriptures, about four scriptures that talks about the component of man. So, I want us to start from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. F.F. Bosworth said, Many Christians will feed their bodies three square meals, three, three hot square meals in a day and feed their spirits with cold snack. And that's the way some believers live. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Okay? So you see the word, and the very God of peace. That word peace is the Hebrew word shalom, which means wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. This is one of the finest scriptures in the New Testament that talks about the separation of the spirit and the soul and the body. Okay? So, most times, we need to remind ourselves of these things so we will know where we put our focus. Now, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to another scripture. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And you see Jesus saying something here. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. In Matthew 20, 10, 28, it says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Now, you see a separation here between the body and the soul. There's a clear separation between the body and the soul. Okay. Now, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. We're just looking at laying the foundation of the component of a man. What makes up a man? What makes up a man? Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth. What is the dust? Your earthly tabernacle. Because this body was formed from the dust of the ground. Okay? This body was formed from the dust of the ground. So he says, And then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So in, in Matthew, we see the separation between the spirit and the soul. Right? In Ecclesiastes, we see the separation between... Uh, sorry. The body and the soul we see the separation between the body and the spirit so every time you read scripture you must always understand the context from which it is coming from so there is that clear separation in scriptures okay now lastly on this let's go to hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it's a popular verse of scripture hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 so because if you understand this then you can understand when we say that you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus how? It's your spirit that's legally righteous. It's your spirit that receives the imputed righteousness. Now, let me say this. Some people live from their bodies into their spirit, right? So, so, um, so let's say this is the body, right? And then this is the soul, and then this is the spirit. Okay, so some people live from the bodies and try to use their bodies to control their spirit. So they walk by how they feel. You know, if they are offended, then they walk offended. They pass that image to their spirit. If they feel all kinds of emotions, they follow that. But a matured Christian doesn't live from his body. He lives from his spirit. 
So the spirit is active and matured and trained to communicate to the soul. And the soul does what communicates to the body. So you see something about um, David. David said, why art thou downcast, O my soul? Rejoice in the Lord. What was he doing? He was telling his soul that you cannot be in this state. So he was from his spirit speaking to his soul. So when you say, oh, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way, you are walking from the realm of your soul and your mind. And that's why uh, I can tell you something right now and you feel angry, and I'll tell you something else and you feel happy. What's the difference? The information that came into your mind. It changed your will, it changed your emotion, it changed um, the way you related or the way you responded. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so where we're, we're Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick, Hebrews 4 12, and powerful, and sharper edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow. Now, soul and spirit that means the word of god can design something that is coming from your soul realm or from your spirit realm and then the the joints and the marrow of course you know joints and marrow is not spiritual it's your body right or you want to say you don't have joints <laughs> then you're an alien every one of us have joints right so your joints and your marrow which is your the where your your life cells are produced so here you can see a complete distinction that the word of God is able to separate what is from your soul, what is from your spirit, and we can replace that word joint and marrow with what? With body. Okay? So if I, if I say, um, I am speaking to destiny in my heart, in my natural mind, I'll be talking about his body. But it, that's not him. That is where his spirit lives. Are you following what I'm saying? Because if his spirit is no more, I cannot go to the, the empty body without the spirit and say, Oh, uh, John, how are you? you know, he cannot respond. So, if we can pay so much attention to our natural bodies, we should also pay more attention to our spiritual bodies. To who we are, the real person, the inward man of the heart, the scripture says. We'll, we'll go through all of that. But I want you to clearly begin to understand this very clearly. That I am a spirit being. And that's why I, I, I was sharing with uh, a friend of mine. And I was telling him that one of the reasons I, I try to minimize to the barest minimum. The teachings on things like articles of faith. Maybe the anointing oil, mantle and all that. Is that... Before the New Testament, that is after the cross, or before the cross, man was relating to God by things. So, God says, well, make a tabernacle for me that I may dwell among them. So they built a natural tabernacle. So they built a natural ark, right? So they had um, um, cherubims and seraphims touching each other and the middle of it was the mercy seat the throne of grace where the high priest would sprinkle the blood once in a year and they had the table of showbread they had the the, the seven golden lampstand right 
and all of that. And God began to talk to them about the scapegoat. You put your, the, the high priest will lay his blood on the scapegoat. They'll send it to the wilderness. You know, some of you are like, has he started, is he talking about Bible or novel? That's why you should read more of your Bible. Yeah? Go to Leviticus, talks about the scapegoat. Now, what happened? The Bible clearly says that, listen to this, listen to this, and very, very powerful. It says, if there was no fault with that covenant, he will not make a new one. It shows clearly that the old covenant was faulty. Why? The scripture says, because the blood could not clean the conscience of the people. Why? It was external. It could not deal with their spirits. It could not deal with their conscience. But remember what we read in Hebrews chapter 4. That the word of God can pierce the soul. In fact, put, up, put it up for me again. It says, it's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Can you, this is powerful. That means that the word of God can even pick your motives. Right? So if I'm giving just because I want to get back, God says, I can see your motive. But in the old covenant, we would not know. What would just say, ah, this guy's goat is big. We will relate to your offering by the size. But in the New Testament, we can relate to your offerings by your motives. You see, so it's a higher realm. Now, when we also now begin to teach people to put faith in all of those things, you know, the picture of a man of God, the bangle, the head tie, and all that, you know what we're going back to? We're going back to taking man from the awareness of who he is in Christ to beginning again to look outward as an object of faith. But um, Paul says this, that the mystery which has been hidden in ages past is now being revealed to his apostles and prophets. What is that mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. Everything God is trying to teach us in the scripture is that God can live and will live in a man who is his son. I, I, are you following what I'm saying? Alright, so... When he was telling them about the, the tabernacle, he now says in Corinthians that we are now the temple of the living God. So we don't have to go to Jerusalem anymore to see the holy temple. We have now become the temple of the Lord. He now lives in us and dwells in us. We walk in him and have our being in him. We are now the carriers of God. Hallelujah. And that's the consciousness that you should carry. Praise God. Okay, let me, let me, let me go here. Now, I want us to pick up something now. The, the, the body in the Greek word is called soma, the, the body. It talks about the entire material or physical structure of a human being, which is the physical part of a person. Alright? Now, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. And verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your soma, as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Talking about the soul there, right? That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Paul says, For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God 
in your body. Now, uh, um, sometimes if you don't understand what we just read is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. Now, sometimes if you don't understand the culture of those days, you might not understand why Paul was emphasizing this. Because there were people in those days that were also, there were people also in those days that were saying that, oh, the body was of no use to God. Right? That the body was of no use to God. God was just interested in the spirit. So you can do whatever you want to do with your body. Uh, it's your spirit God is concerned about. No. He says do what? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. So you see what God is saying here? That when I redeemed you, your spirit now belongs to me. Okay? Right? Your soul belongs to me. Your body belongs to me. So this body is God's. That's why you must also not, you cannot just use your body for all kinds of things. Because you, whatever you're using your body for, you should ask yourself, is this glorifying God? You know, like if you use your hand to slap your wife, you know that's not glorifying God, right? <laughs> it's not glorifying God. So I want you to see this now. God is interested in our spirits. God is interested in our soul. God is interested in our bodies. What we do with our bodies matters to God. So we're not just, God is not just interested in our spirit and we can do whatever we do with our bodies. No, God is very much interested in our bodies. You know, sometimes people don't like to follow scriptures truly because some people live with their bodies and say, oh, it doesn't matter to God, it's my body, I can do what I want to do with it. But then when they want to trust God for provisions, you know, they quickly run to Matthew chapter 6. Every hair in my head is counted. What is numbered? Why is God numbering the head on your head? Now because you want something for Him, you remember that your hairs are numbered. But when you want to misbehave, you say, it's your body. No, we glorify God with our body. Amen. I said, we glorify God with what? With our body. Praise the name of the Lord. Now the word soul is the Greek word suke. Soul is the Greek word suke. In Genesis 2.7 it talks about man was created as a living soul. This consists of the mind which also includes the conscience, the will, the emotions. Now somehow, sometimes the soul and the spirit are tied together. And the scripture calls both the soul and the spirit hearts. In certain uh, passages of scripture, you find the combination and it's referred to as heart. But your soul is made up of your will, your emotions, okay? Your soul is comprised of your will, your emotions, and your intellect. That's your soul realm. Now you can add that, so from what I've explained to you, you see that the soul is in the middle, okay? So you have got spirit, soul, and body. So if you look at it from this place, you've got body, soul, and spirit. You look at it from here, it's spirit, soul, and body. Now, the thing about the believer is this. He is righteous in his spirit. Now, information can come into your life through two ways. From your um, spirit coming this way, or from your um, body, your soul realm, which is your eye gates, right? Your ear gates, right? And uh, your mouth gates, through what you say. Whatever you say registers in your soul. So, the Bible now says you should renew your mind. Where is your mind? Your, your soul. Why did he say you should renew your mind? It's because informations are going to come from the outside and trying to feed your spirit. 
But as a child of God, we don't live from outside information. We live from inside information. So at those moments, for instance, you stand near a lovely girl and everything is telling you, oh, this is the, f- I've met my bride. You know, and you know you ought to walk in purity. You know, that's something, that, that's something right there. You are either going to convince yourself to fall for that or you're going to convince yourself to stay pure because now your body ought to glorify God. So that's where the renewal of the mind is. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 12, am I going too fast? Okay. In Romans chapter 12, uh, it says renew your mind so you can be able to prove the will of God. Now, it means that if I don't renew my mind, although I'm a Christian, I will not be able to prove the will of God. So I become a carnal Christian. Or a worldly Christian. What is the word, who is a worldly Christian or a carnal Christian? He's a Christian who is born again, but is never ruled by his spirit. He's always ruled by his senses. He's always ruled by his senses. He's always ruled by his feelings. So you can look at him today. Hey brother, why are you not laughing? I'm not happy the way they greeted me. Feelings. But if he is a Christian who is mature, remember we're talking about spiritual growth, what is he going to do? Regardless of the way they, they, they greeted him, he would live from his spirit. You know in your spirit, what are you going to find in your spirit? You will not find anger. What are you going to find in your spirit? Love, full of the spirit, Galatians 5. What are you going to find there? Love, patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, endurance. You know long-suffering is very simple. Long-suffering. When you suffer long, that means you wait for a long time for these people to get changed. And then you know, hear somebody say, you know, in my family we get angry quickly. Then now we need to clarify, which family are you talking about? Is it the family that gave you your body? Or your spiritual family? Because if it is your spiritual family, we don't get angry easily. We walk in love. But if it is your family that gave you your body, then I don't know what that is about. So when I become born again, I no longer live after the flesh. I no longer say, I'm a bony person, this is how we are. I'm an evil man, this is how we marry our wives. No, the word of God becomes the standard for the new man in Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following? Okay. Now, the, the writer of Hebrews uses that word in, in the New American Standard Bible, Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. We see here that the heart is central to our emotions and will. That means from our heart, we flow the issues of our life, the, the, the outpouring of our life. Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That means from our heart, things are going to flow up. You know, people have trained their minds so much that they are excelling. People who are not born again, they've trained their mind. The, the spiritual man needs to train his inner man. You need to train your spirit to pick things. I think I taught a message on spiritual perception. I don't know if we still have it. You know what Paul said, you know, in that uh, voyage? He says, I perceive that this voyage will not end well. But the Bible says that when the captain of the sea saw that the wind, the weather was good, he allowed them to sail. So the captain had a uh, of physical information from his eyes. 
But Paul had a spiritual information from the perception of his spirit. And spiritual information is always stronger than natural information. Because the spirit world is more real than the natural world. That's why when you became born again, your height did not reduce. Right? Like, I was, I'm tall like this and I come forward. What do you also call? I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I'm now a new creature. And I become like this. No. No. What got born again is my spirit. That's to tell you that that is the core of your life. That's the most important. You know, if, if I divide this guy into three, right? I put his body this way. I put his soul this way. I put his spirit this way. If God were to choose, what do you think God is going to choose? His spirit. So if God will choose his spirit, where do you think if you are wise, you're going to invest most of your life? Your spiritual man. Your spiritual man. I've seen people walk into uh, shopping malls. And especially, uh, some men do that, uh, but they are very special men. You know, some men have creams they use. Uh, very special people. But you know, ladies have that. Ah, this is the cream I use. And you know, some pretty expensive. This is the perfume I use. Alright? And then you ask those guys, you look at their Bibles. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3 is missing. The back cover has been gone. The first three chapters of Genesis are missing. The first eight chap- the first, the last eight chapters of, of, uh, of, of the Revelation is gone. And when you ask them, are you a Christian? They'll say yes. I don't understand it. Where is your investment? You know, some people say, oh, I don't have time to study the word. I'm, I'm so busy. No, if you're too busy to study the word, you're really too busy in your life. If you're too busy to pray, you're really too busy. If you're too busy to be in church, you're really too busy. Because then you are putting priority on the things that God doesn't put priority. You glorify God in your body, but God's choice for your spiritual development is your spirit. If you would feed your spirit, it would gain ascendancy over your body. You gain ascendancy over your flesh. Hallelujah. Okay, so we talked about the soul. Now, um, let's go to First Corinthians two fourteen. Talks about the soul there also. Paul talks a lot about that. First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter two and verse fourteen. But the natural man, the word there is sokikos, which is soulish. The natural man or the soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's go back. Go to chap, chapter two, same chapter two, verse six. Let's start reading from verse six, chapter two and verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Look at this. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. 
which none of the rulers of this age knew. Now I want you to follow that word. When he talks about the rulers of this age, he wasn't talking about devils. He was talking about the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees that crucified Jesus. That if they had known that wisdom, that in the crucifixion of Jesus would be the redemption of man, they would not have done that. But look at it. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So when they took Jesus up and hung him on the cross, in their mind, they said, we are putting an end to this Jesus story. In fact, we've been having troubles with you. When your mother was pregnant, we asked her who impregnated her. He said, Holy Spirit. And it has never been heard that Holy Spirit impregnates people. And you've been troubling the whole of the Jewish nation. Let's finally bury you. And they hung him on the cross. And that was the master stroke. You see, that's why as spiritual people, we don't react to our enemies in a natural way. Because what they think is the final nail on their presupposed coffin is the master stroke for our resurrection. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody is reacting to you badly and he feels if I do this thing, this guy is going to get sacked, this guy is going to get this, and he does that, and that very thing becomes the very source by which God exalts you. But you know what? You must be like Jesus Christ, who was going. You know, I know some of us would not have agreed to be crucified. When they put you on that cross, you say, No, evil people don't die this way. <laughs> you will jump down. <laughs> yes, oh you're there and they flog you. you you are flogging me and I want to die for you and you are still flogging you you, you you are number one in hell don't worry let me resurrect first I will come back to you our nat- sometimes our natural feelings do not allow us to go through the process of God and that's the greatest listen. the ability to die to ourselves to allow God do his work so we can be resurrected to sow our ambitions, our dreams, our visions into the spirit and allow God and say, God, whatever. You know, it's easy to say, um, what song do we sing? Use me, Lord, or what? Other songs that we always talk about, we are giving all. You know, you see somebody say, oh, I give you my all, I give you my all. They bring the offering basket. Alright? He has 1,000. He gives 200. And goes home with 800. And yet, oh, I give you my all. No, if you give me all, you have to start by putting the 1,000 in the offering basket. No, I'm just joking. But, we must allow our spirit govern our emotions. You must come to the point in your life where, when you say something wrong to someone, as you're going back, the spirit of God prompts you and says, what you said is wrong. Go back and say sorry. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. We'll come to there, to that point. Okay. Have a couple of minutes. Now, so it says, uh, where are we reading now? Second Corinthians chapter what? Chapter 2? Okay, verse what now? Verse 8. For if they had known, okay, exactly. Verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor had entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Don't always stop this scripture here. It, it did not say that you haven't seen. You know, people just say, that, ah, eyes have not seen. Yeah, you know. But the scripture says, but, 
God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. That means through the spirit we can know the deep things of God. Look at this. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man. Now, um, okay. For what man, son, can you go back to verse 10 for me? If you can put verse 10 and 11 in the same place, or you go back to verse 10. I just want to pick out something there. Thank you. Now, look at this. Look at the capital S. The capital S refers to the Spirit of God. Pay attention to that. But God had revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Talking about the Spirit of God. For the Spirit. Talking about the Spirit of God. Right? Such as all the deep, all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. Verse 11 now. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man. Small s, talking about your spirit, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So, in the conversation of verse 10 and 11, is dealing with two spirits. The spirit of God and the spirit of man. Because the information from the spirit of God can only be transmitted to your spirit. Your mind will not be able to understand it. Now, I don't... God's giving me a bit of grace to teach the scriptures. But there are some things I believe about God that I can't explain. And people try to... Uh, people try to say, oh no, if you, if you really believe this, it has to make sense in your mind. No, if I'm going to go by reasoning, I will not be able to believe. Believe is not a function of reasoning. So I've met people and they argue the Bible and they say, hey, what do you have to say about it? I say, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but I believe it. <laughs> you understand that? I believe it. I don't have all the answers. If I ask some of you now, do you know how that... Let me not use the plane because not everybody has gone on the plane. If I ask you, do you know how the local boat runs on water? Some of you say yes. If I ask you how, you say, well, they just own the engine. And then the man turns and we start going. No, that's not how it runs. If I ask you, do you understand how it runs? You don't know. But, do you, but every time you enter, what do you tell people? I'm going to Port Harcourt. I'm coming back by tomorrow. What have you just exercised? Faith. You don't reason because if you you know the more you reason it, the more you get afraid. Like, how can this thing stay on water? Then this engine will be turning. We will not, you know, the more if I you not stop yourself from reasoning, I believe, I believe I will come back safely. Because the more you're trying to understand it, the more doubt arises in your heart. Are, are you following that now? So there are certain things you just catch by your spirit, you receive it by your spirit. And you believe it and you speak them and you allow your spirit to process the manifestation. Are you, are you still here? Okay. So, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Now verse 12. Now, glory to God. Look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. So there's the spirit of the world. But the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So, by the Spirit, we know what God is giving to us freely. We know that health is ours by the Spirit. 
Hallelujah. We know that prosperity is ours. That increase is ours. That protection is ours. By the Spirit. We can know these things by head. By the Spirit. Okay. Next verse. These things we also speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. But which the Holy Spirit teaches. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He can teach you what to do. He can teach you what to say. Look at this. Look at this. This is where we now started. But the natural man, the soulish man, the carnal man, Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So that's why sometimes when you explain your Christianity to people who are not born again, they don't understand it. Right? You say, oh, when we go to church, we would like to be of a blessing. We give, we sow, we minister to one another. And I say, no, if you want to be rich, you have to gather. It's spiritually designed. Right? How is it? Let me explain. How is it in this world that it is more blessed to give than to receive? It doesn't make sense. It can't be more blessed to give than to receive. If I ask every one of us now, which part do we enjoy most in life is receiving. But you know, when you become very spiritually matured, you will enjoy giving. The same, let, me, let me explain this. The same joy that the natural man has when he receives is the same joy you begin to feel when you give. So, I've talked about this before. The saints in Macedonia, when they heard the gospel, they were poor. They gave themselves to Paul and the apostles. And he said, no, Paul, you can't go like that. We, we have to give something to you. And Paul is looking at them and saying, no, you, you're poor. No, you're poor. You, no. And he said, the scripture says, they begged us. Have you ever begged to give an offering? You know, if I announce, <laughs> if I announce, hey, we're not going to receive offering this month, say, Pastor, you are in the spirit. In the spirit. Finally, I can buy my carton of spaghetti. I can buy that blouse I want to buy. Have you gone to meetings where they say there is no offering and you ask people, I need to give, I want to give? You know what is happening? Your spirit is becoming matured. You know, children never give. They only take. Even when they give you, you know a child, you buy biscuit for them, you ask them, to, when they give you, they now start crying until you buy a new packet of biscuits. That one you took, you will atone for it with a packet. That's how children behave. Are you following? It's adults, it's maturity that makes you to release and not be attached to it. And that's why, when you go higher in the realm of giving, you will not be tying your offerings to specific things. You will just give. You know, when you're younger, I say, oh, Father, I'm giving you this one, I don't want to, you know. You know, it's like you're playing, uh, you know, I give, you give, I give, you give. When you now get to a place of spiritual maturity, you just give. God will even ask you, why are you giving? Nothing, just to bless the saints, to bless the pastor, to bless the church, to do more for God. You have also moved into a higher realm of giving. Praise the name of the Lord. So he says, the natural man doesn't receive this, for they are sp- foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay. 
But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We know God's mind. We have understanding. One of the things I constantly tell myself every time is I have the mind of Christ. I know what to do. I have the mind of Christ. I do not lack for direction. I know exactly where I should be. I say that all the time. Praise the name of the Lord. I've told you here many times, never use the word, I am confused, I don't know what to do. No, confusion is a part of the curse. When in your natural mind you're confused, that's when to declare, I know exactly what to do. I have the mind of Christ. God's Spirit is leading me. I'm guided by the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, we'll read this scripture, but I want us to read it now as we're following this, because it will give you an understanding. When you now go to chapter 3, verse 1, remember the Bible was not divided into verses, but... To help us understand it. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to canal, and as to babes in Christ. On Sunday, I'm going to talk about spiritual babies, spiritual infants. That's what I'm going to teach on Sunday. Spiritual infants. If you read this study, study it, I'll give you a heads up. Because some people, in their natural age, they are 45, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. But in their spiritual age, they are 6 months. You know, you understand this because you're Nigerian. So you know the, the difference between real age and football age. You understand that? <laughs> Where somebody will have a twin, and the twin is celebrating uh, 45 35 year birthday, 40 years birthday, and the twin who is playing football in another country is celebrating 23, then you know God is a miracle worker. You know He works miracles. How is that? The same day they gave birth to them, but one is 40, one is 23. It's brilliant miracles. Those things can only be understood by the Spirit. You understand that? <laughs> but He says, I could not communicate to you. I could not because you're babes in Christ. He says your canal. He says your canal. Okay. I want to. We've talked about the body, the soma, right? We've talked about the soul, suke, the spirit is the word pneuma. Is the word pneuma. In in Numbers chapter sixteen, verse twenty-two. Have a few minutes. Wow. Have a few minutes to do this, and we'll come back here on Sunday. Let's run this quickly. In Numbers 16.22, Moses and Aaron fell upon their face and said, Oh God, God of the spirits of all flesh, that is God of the pneuma of all flesh. When one man sins, will you be angry with the entire generation? Now this verse names God as the God of the spirits that are possessed by all humanity. Notice also that it mentions the flesh. That is body connecting it with the spirit. It says, And they fell upon their face and said, Oh God, God of the spirits of all flesh. So in this one verse, they separate the spirit and the flesh. So they say, God of the spirits that lives in all flesh. Okay, so they knew that the flesh was not the spirit. That means the body was not the spirit. The body housed the spirit. Okay. Now Paul says in First um, Corinthians fourteen fourteen, my spirit prayed, but my understanding is unfruitful. Talking about praying in tongues, so my spirit can be praying in tongues, and my mind is unfruitful. My mind um, 
do not really understand or comprehend what my spirit is praying, except there is the interpretation of tongues. My spirit has to interpret that tongues. Alright? For if I pray in an own tongue, my spirit prayed, but my understanding is unfruitful. So my spirit can be praying, and my understanding is unfruitful. The same person. But because they are in two different realms, which is spirit, soul, and body, and your understanding is in your soul realm. It is through our spirit that we interact with God. It is through our spirit that we interact with God. The spirit is the base of our interaction with God. First, just write this down. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Only spirits can know spirits. That's what we've just read now. First Corinthians chapter 2. That's what we just finished reading. First Corinthians 2 9 to 11. Only spirits can know spirits. Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Romans 1 9. Only spirit can serve spirit. If we want to serve God fully, we can only serve Him with our spirit. Romans 1 9 and Romans chapter 7 verse 6. And also Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Then we see that only spirits can worship God who is spirit. John 4 23 24. John 4, 23, 24 And Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 So we say Only spirit can know spirit 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 11 Only spirit can serve spirit Romans chapter 1, verse 9 And Romans chapter 7, verse 6 And Romans chapter 12, verse 11 Only spirit can worship God who is spirit John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24 And Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 And then only spirit can receive revelation from God who is spirit. Only spirit can receive revelation from God who is spirit. Revelation 1.10 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. Okay. Paul um, talks about the inward man, which is the spirit man. Let me just read those scriptures so that I can build up from there on Sunday. In Psalm 51 verse 6, it says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make known wisdom. Colossians chapter 3, And I put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. Well, let me pause. Let me not rush this. We'll talk about the inward man, um, and just read the scriptures that talks about the inward man, and build on from there. But what I want you to pick tonight is the fact that Man is spirit, he's got a soul, and he lives in a body. And through our spirit, we form the base of interaction, of knowledge with God. And we're dealing with basic foundation for spiritual growth. So this is just the foundation, but it's something we're going to be exploring all through this month. And I pray that as we continue to teach and look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, that we are also being transformed into that same image. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you go home with a resolve, alright, to spend more time investing in your spirit. Putting things into your spirit, which is the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we just want to thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word that has come forth. We pray that lives have been transformed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that the truth in this message goes forth to bless Millions of people all around the world. And cause that the light of the gospel is shining in their hearts. In Jesus mighty name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.